Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 106th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm great, Cameron, and I'm also going to be a little bit predictable. I'm great because we're going to be watching football 24 hours from now. Oh, yeah. And if you're listening to this, it's probably going to be in like a lot less than 24 hours. <laughs> Even less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How are you today? I'm great. Um, I'm great because I just realized that, okay, so go with me here. Some podcasts or shows of any sort might have a a way they refer to their fans or listeners or viewers, you know, like a nickname. And we have a unique opportunity where we could refer to our our listeners as our good friends and fellow Mizzou fans. Ooh, I love Ooh. it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I just thought of that. Yeah. So. It's a little bit of a mouthful, but I love it. Yeah. You know, we could, we'll, we'll work on it, but that's a good first effort. That's a great start. Okay. Well, uh, for all of our good friends and fellow Mizzou fans listening, we have a jam-packed episode for you. We have news. We have a basketball commitment. We have an entire football season preview. We have a seven-on-seven NFL Street-style draft of Mizzou players coming up. Let's get to the news first. I said commitment we have two commitments to talk about first one is football and his name is what is it kyron montgomery that's it yes he is a uh defensive end from indianapolis he's a four-star player and if you watch his film you can see why he looks like he should already be in college he's enormous and he's very fast and strong off the edge great tackler I'm very excited about this kid. I can't wait to see him and Travion Ford on the field at the same time oh, yeah. on opposite ends of the of the line. Man, it's going to be a beautiful thing. Uh, do you know by chance who Mizzou beat out for his services? Yes, it came down to uh, Missouri and Minnesota mm. with uh, P.J. Fleck up there. He's he's a, he's a good Row recruiter. The Row the boat. They uh, have been pretty good yeah. in the last few years. Mm. It seems like Missouri's been in uh, recruiting battles with them a couple times now in football and basketball yep all right um and uh, of course we've talked about mr montgomery a few times leading up to this decision on the podcast so uh switching over to basketball missouri got a basketball commitment out of nowhere uh in about a span of 24 hours there was interest and then an offer and then a commitment yeah for uh 2021 six seven forward out of Springfield, Missouri, Trayvon Brazil. Yeah, he, uh, like you said, I mean, I, I I woke up yesterday and never heard of this kid <laughs> and then, like, saw that we had offered him. And I was like, okay, cool. And then within a couple of hours of that, he had been offered and, and had committed. So um, I said offered twice, didn't I? He got offered. He got offered and then committed very, very shortly after. And it's funny is, uh, yeah, we live here in Springfield. He, he went to Parkview and then is transferring to Kickapoo to play with... Kickapoo just, just creating an all-time team yes, over there. Yes, they are assembling a powerhouse. I'm a Kickapoo How's alum. That? How's that legal? Is that legal? Nobody knows. I don't know. I really don't. I really but don't know. 
they got kids transferring over there that are really good. Yeah, it, they're going to be really fun to watch. I would love to go watch them play some this year. I know we're going to hopefully see them in the Tournament of Champions, assuming that happens. If I'll stay as far away from people as anybody wants. Yeah. I'll wear as many masks as anybody wants if I could go watch them play a few times. Yeah, so he's joining Anton Brookshire. Isaac Haney, is that his name? Yep. And so they had some action this weekend as well and did very well against some very good competition. So they're a nice little, nice little pod. Isaac Haney's going to go to Missouri State. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that uh, Yanders Law AAU squad. Uh, not a big-name squad, but uh, making their mark and uh, turning some heads, mm-hmm. apparently really turning the head of Conzo Martin. Yeah, I, th- I think, I mean, I, I kind of love, I, I'm, I'm, t- I'm totally fine with this. And a lot of people have expressed their disappointment with his commitment just because he's kind of an under, under the radar guy. But we've heard a lot of reports about uh, other Power Five schools kind of wanting to get interested. And um, he was very adamant about um, Mizzou and going there with his teammate, Anton Brookshire. And, um, you know, I was watching his film today. You know who he reminds me of? <laughs> his uh, Trey Jackson a little bit. Mm. Um, very athletic, very bouncy, uh, great rim protector, can shoot the three a little bit. He honestly can – he moves around pretty well for how long he is. So um, I'm pretty excited about this class, honestly. Like it's it's started off as a little bit of a ho-hum class. And, you know, some of these – you could label some of these guys developmental prospects. That's fine. But after a couple of years, I think this could be a pretty solid class. And um, – Brazil with um, Dury Gordon. That's going to be a pretty interesting combination on the wing, especially on the defensive end with their with their length. They they both could be pretty good defenders. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There's several of these guys in this class. I can't wait to see how they look as juniors and have had time in the weight room with uh, Nicodemus Christopher and have just started to you know really find their place at the college level. I'm really excited for that. And uh, I did want to mention that Trayvon Brazil is uh, rated as a three-star, according to 24-7 Sports, the number six player in the state of Missouri. Um, Now that he's getting a little bit more attention, we'll see how that changes with the rankings. And I also wanted to mention that uh, when I was checking that out, I saw that Anton Brookshire has uh, jumped Jaden Jones on the state of Missouri rankings, according to 24-7, for the number three spot, uh, creeping up on Jordan Nesbitt there. Very good. Uh, Kyle, I wrote down here um, MPJ Montrez Harrell. And that's because, as we all saw, and you posted on Instagram, MPJ just, I think the kids would say that he baptized Montrez Harrell. Yeah. Um, I don't. I honestly don't watch a lot of NBA, but <clears throat> I was watching this game live at the time, and I just happened to see that play and i was like screaming in my living room at whatever time that was probably like after 10 o'clock and my wife was like all right calm down (laughs) but i was like i just hadn't seen mpj do that in so long i I just i was so like shocked that he just took flight like that and it was was really cool to see and i don't know i was happy for him yeah i saw uh jante reacting to it on instagram as well yeah it was just really cool to see him flash that athleticism that he was known for in his mm-hmm. high school days. Yeah, he was not just throwing down on anybody either because I think Montrez Harrell was the sixth man of the year last year, I think is what they were saying on the broadcast. I had no idea about that, but I know he's a really good player and good defender. So Yeah, I, I'm really hoping that Denver can somehow beat the Clippers. Uh, I'm just, I don't know. What's the series at now? Is it uh, 
Yeah, did they win the other night? Yeah, to go and ask me that. I think it's. I think I they think lost. I think it's two, two one to one Clippers. Yes, I think you're right. I think they play today, maybe though. Yeah. Just had to ask you that, didn't I? Uh, two one Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it came down to the wire the other night, but they couldn't pull it out. Is that all for news? You think? This is Kyle and Cameron from the future. We just finished uh, recording our podcast, and then. Yaya Kita committed to the Missouri Tigers. So we were throwing this right into the news section. Hopefully it flows nice and smoothly in. But yeah, we were literally packing up and Kyle got on Twitter and saw that Mr. Kita had committed. Uh, yeah, so all of a sudden Missouri's got five players uh, in the 2021 class. Um, not that long ago, we were wondering if Missouri was ever gonna have another commitment because I was like, is Conzo recruiting anyone? Yeah. And here we are with uh, five people in the class, all freshmen. Yeah. Which I think was more than we thought would happen. Oh, yeah. I thought four would be the max. Obviously, I never saw Trevon Brazil. Yeah. Who could predict that? No one. Um, but we actually did predict Yayakita to Missouri. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think this uh, officially makes most other high school players in this class probably obsolete. Especially, I know we still had a legend Geeter out there yet to mm-hmm. announce. I think that we have probably recruited over him at this point. So we've got one more scholarship officially. I think Xavier Penson will probably leave, which means we probably have two more guys, two more scholarships that will go to her towards transfers of some kind. But um, that's really a, a pretty solid class of high school players coming in. Pretty exciting. Yeah, probably Conzo just stop, stop recruiting high schoolers at this point unless something changes and you feel you need to i think we're good on freshmen for the 2021 class um probably need to find a transfer of some kind mm-hmm. uh to fill a fill a hole somewhere so mm-hmm. and if we need a seventh guy there's a lot of good grad transfers out there yeah yeah that's pretty exciting a yeah. guy that uh, we know the staff wanted they just decided to go get him all this flurry of commitments here in the last two or three weeks mm-hmm but uh, it's going to be kind of weird seeing other names go off the board that Missouri had, or that maybe Missouri was never interested in, but we as fans were interested in. Um, as the recruiting process plays out, it seems kind of weird for Missouri to be kind of done with this class so early. I know. You know it, usually it's crazy October, November. I guess we're not that far off of that, but October, November, I think, uh, you know, we were waiting for EJ Liddell, mm-hmm. um, into october well into the winter and fall yeah yeah winter and fall winter and fall are we gonna talk about seasons again no uh, never I again would sh- surely would not like to discuss any seasons with you two ever again never again um i'm just kidding yeah i think uh yeah yeah kita definitely brings versatility some crazy athleticism um uh, I, I think he's probably six nine six ten um can really uh defend and he's had some crazy throwdown dunks that we've seen some highlights of as well so um, there is a lot of athleticism in this class, kind of uh, maybe more upside than we've seen in previous Missouri classes. Uh, this class versus Jordan Wilmore, what do you think? A little more upside? A little bit more. <laughs> uh, not as much height. True. Uh, yeah. Can't teach that. No. All right. Well, back to your regularly scheduled programming. I kind of hope so because we have a lot to get we to. We have a lot to get to. Yeah. But before we get to any of it, this episode like all of our episodes is sponsored by 106 apparel but since this is episode 106 i wanted to give a special shout out 
and I don't think we've ever talked about before what 106 Apparel is. 106 Apparel is an apparel company created by our very own producer Cameron. And uh, producer Cameron, why don't you just can you? What's the elevator pitch? What is what is 106 Apparel? Um, right now, it's just a side project that I do outside of work, kind of for fun. Um, Midwest-based apparel, um, just kind of championing this part of the U.S. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see I'm wearing the Midwest or Die tee, you know, just really kind of showing my bad boy side a little bit. <laughs> and uh, what's very popular right now is the Midwest Coast tee. And if you're just listening, I'm going to leave a link in the description to the store where you can take a look at these products and that's 106apparel.co 106apparel.co Midwest Coast t-shirt go check that out producer Cameron is maybe going to put images perhaps right here in Somewhere the episode up in this yeah. area maybe I'll see and what I can do so if you're watching on YouTube you will get to see what those <laughs> shirts look like and uh, yeah we're just really happy that uh, producer Cameron has this little uh, side business and has made it a part of the podcast 106 Apparel. We say it every episode. I say it every episode, but now you get to know what it is. And since this is episode 106, go check them out. 106apparel.co. Thank you. 106apparel.co. That was nice. Thanks. Yeah. You were more prepared than I was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kyle, you ready to talk about Missouri's schedule? I'm ready. This is the football schedule we're talking about because Missouri's playing football along with the rest of the SEC. Is the Big Ten going to play football? Probably not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I can't believe that we, what is it, September 9th? Big Seems Ten's like not playing. They're not playing, but somebody, but the SEC will at yeah. this point. I, I'm more sure now than I think I was a month ago that it's actually going to happen. I'm more sure now than I was yesterday or three hours before this moment. Every moment we get a little bit closer. <laughs> you get just, a little bit more we're, we're, assured. Yes. Absolutely. That's that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> uh, Kyle, Missouri starts off the schedule with Alabama. Um, last time Missouri played Alabama, they lost thirty-nine to ten in Tuscaloosa. Um, it didn't seem like an absolute bloodbath. Um, it didn't seem like they lost by twenty-nine points. Maybe that's because Alabama, you know, if they put up a more gaudy offensive number, like. 56 points or something if it was if it was like 56 to 28 then you'd feel worse about that score yeah it never felt like Missouri was going to win but it definitely never felt like they were I guess completely out of it either they they really played well Drew Locke had a very nice highlight and that like a touchdown pass to Jalen Knox that Mm -hmm. I that I can remember from that game that I saw on his draft highlights and stuff a lot um got us excited for Jalen Knox yeah um yeah they 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 looked okay, and uh, hopefully that they can manage to do that this year. <laughs> uh, yeah, Alabama projected first in uh, SP+, which is a predictive analytic for college football. Uh, number one on offense, number eight on defense. Trend here this year and last year, Alabama's offense kind of taking center stage. Um, last year, they fell short of expectations, believe it or not, when they lost two games. Uh, one to the champions LSU and then also to Auburn on the road by three Uh, and they lose a lot on the offensive end they lose Tua they lose Henry Ruggs Jerry Judy 
uh, offensive linemen, all in the first first round of the draft. I think first 15 picks, uh, Alabama had four draft picks. Um, but they do bring back Najee Harris, Devonta Smith, another really good offensive lineman, Alex Leatherwood. And they probably all would have gone in the first three rounds last year if they had all stayed in the draft. Um, I'm really interested. Missouri obviously has a quarterback competition. We don't know who's going to start against Alabama. Alabama, maybe they don't quite have a quarterback competition because Mac Jones is going to be the guy day one, it looks like. But they have this freshman named Bryce Young, who is the number two player in the class of 2020. And the number 20 all-time high school recruit, according to 24-7 Sports. He's a dual threat. Reminds me of Kyler Murray. He, he slings the ball around, is always looking to pass when he escapes the pocket, but can run when he needs to. Um, and kind of a smaller guy like uh, Kyler Murray. I think the offense is going to be pretty loaded. I mean, obviously, Tua was a special player, and you can't really replace him but they only need Alabama shown, you know, over the years, all they need is okay quarterback play to be Mm -hmm. excellent. Yeah. They've honestly kind of been that way for a long time. Uh, As good as they've been, it's amazing how maybe not pedestrian, but just unspectacular their quarterbacks have been even Tua um, really had some great moments, but never was just carrying the team by himself. He also just kind of made it everything he did look easy though. That's true. It'll be interesting to see what he does in the NFL, but yeah. um, Najee Harris, I definitely think, is probably one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in college football this year. He's just an elite combination of size and speed. He can juke you. He can run through you, run over you. He, yeah. He's really, really good. I think if Alabama finds a way to run the table and be in the conversation for whatever this national championship will look like at the end of the season, I think it'll be on the back of Najee Harris, and I think he'll be... Uh, top three if not the winner of the Heisman trophy yeah and I I think he he's the kind of guy who I think could have an even better NFL career than in college we see that a lot with it with Alabama running backs they kind of use like a they're not even the lead back at Alabama maybe and then they go on to have great NFL careers like Kenyon Drake and um Josh Jacobs Josh Jacobs that's the the other one I was thinking of Josh Jacobs was like the third string running back at at Alabama yeah and now he's a, a top 10 running back in, in the NFL. So yeah, Henry won a Heisman, but yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the point stands with the two you mentioned, uh, the defense, uh, had a lot of freshmen on the field last year, had some injuries last year. Uh, they lost Raquan Davis to the NFL draft as well as uh, Xavier McKinney and Trayvon Diggs, really good players. Um, the defense will be just fine <laughs> based on the recruits that are coming in and the freshmen that had to play last year, you know, being more experienced this year. I still think the defense is going to lag behind the offense, just like it did last year. But uh, the defense is going to lag behind and still be top 10, top 15 in the country. So it won't be that that big of a deal. I've got Missouri losing to Alabama. I wrote this score down before I looked at their score from 2018. Uh, I've got them losing 10 to 38. So almost identical to the 2018 score. Yeah, they're going to lose. But do you are you wanting me to predict a, a score? Or do you want me to save that for like two weeks from now whenever we talk about Alabama again? <laughs> you can <laughs> for, save it. For the schedule preview. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so we both have that as a loss. 0-1. Gotcha. All right. Then uh, Missouri moves on the road to play at Tennessee. 
uh, let's see, last year Tennessee finished eight and five after a bowl win. They were five and three in the SEC, including twenty-four to twenty win over Missouri. Can, do you have any uh, moments from that game that stick out to you? Uh, I mean, talk- that was one of the, one of the games of a few there that where Barry Odom kind of lost. Uh, everybody kind of started to lose faith in Barry Odom. Yeah, I think that we had already kind of lost faith at that point. I think we were kind of on a three or four game skid and we and the offense had shown literally nothing in the last month before that game i think missouri actually showed more signs of life in that game than they did on pretty much any game in the second half of the season besides like arkansas yeah but uh yeah that was the the nick bolton play came from that game that we talked about last week but ultimately no that that's a pretty forgettable game for me um there just wasn't a lot to be happy about i think that i was frustrated with the where the season had had ended up at that point and uh, just didn't have enough to, in the tank to get it done. And, and Tennessee really struggled at the beginning of the season, which it seems like they do a lot of the times. And they really, they really flipped it on in the second half of uh, of that season. They were they were really pretty good by the end of the year. Yeah, it seems like they may have finally found a coach in Jeremy Pruitt. And uh, you know, as a Mizzou fan, you hate to see that. <laughs> <laughs> you hate to see it. Yeah. Uh, they uh, SP Plus likes them in the preseason, number nineteen. Now that wouldn't be the first time. You know, if that follows the, if the AP poll kind of follows that and has them ranked in the top 25, that wouldn't be the first time that Tennessee's been in the top 25 in the preseason and mm-hmm. then always uh, failed to live up to it. But coming off the back of an eight win season, uh, it seems more likely than ever that they will actually find some traction and win a few games. Yeah. Uh, they put together all these top 10 recruiting classes. You think right. eventually they will find a way to put it all together. It just, it does seem like they now have a coach who is going to be able to develop players and uh, maximize their potential what's enough. the what's the quarterback's name Jarrett garantano is he coming back he's back folks he is back folks <laughs> but he will have to hold off harrison bailey who is the number three pro style quarterback in the uh, class of 2020 i thought you were gonna say harrison bader well that'd be something <laughs> uh harrison bailey so maybe a little bit of a quarterback battle there jg as that lady from that tennessee game that we went to called him uh if you haven't heard that story i don't know what episode do you to find it but (laughs) i've told it a few times uh jg never really you know been spectacular but he's got the experience we'll see maybe he starts as the starts as the starter if tennessee struggles though he's still there yeah man yeah redshirt senior he's old man but we'll see if they ever uh, turn to the freshman. Cameron, this pains me to say it, uh, but I've got Missouri losing this game. Oh, yeah, me too. I think it's going to be 0-2, start off the year at Tennessee. Just I think they're going to be they, a little too salty this year. and um, I think their defense is going to be really good. I think so too. And um, I think Missouri is going to be – it's going to have its moments this year, but I think it, it may take a, a little bit to to get rolling this year with yeah. a new coach and all that stuff. Yep, I would agree. Uh, yeah, I've got Tennessee by 10, uh, 14, uh, tw- sorry, 24 to 14. I was having a, I was having a kind of a crisis in my mind. I was like uh, <laughs> seeking the advice of producer Cameron in the pre-show. I don't know how to say these scores with I, when I have Missouri losing. Kyle, what do you think? I think that how, how does this sound? I've got Al, I've got Missouri losing to Alabama, ten to thirty-eight. I, now that you're doing it, I don't like that. Yeah, I personally think that's the worst thing I've ever heard. Well, 
I'll, I'll never do it. I'll again. be honest. I, I don't love it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. <clears throat> fine. Fine. Well, I've got Tennessee taking this one 24 to 14. There you go. Yeah. Missouri 0 and 2 to start the season. And 0 and 3 because the next they play <laughs> at LSU. <laughs> but Joe Burrow's gone. Yeah. Well, just I got to say something but about Clyde's Joe Burrow. Clyde's gone. Clyde's gone. Joe Burrow's gone. Uh, uh, Jefferson's uh, gone. Everybody's gone. Everybody's everybody's opting out if they're still there. Yeah, LSU one of the all-time greatest seasons ever. Yeah, fifteen and zero, undefeated in the SEC. Joe Burrow, hands down, the greatest individual performance of any college football player in the history of college football, in my opinion. I'll agree with that. Completed seventy-six percent of his passes for five thousand six hundred and seventy-one yards, sixty touchdowns, plus five more rushing touchdowns. Man, I did not know he had 60 touchdowns. That number really stands out to me. Only six interceptions. Their, like, whole offense is, like, on an NFL roster right now. Yeah. (laughs) Like, literally almost everybody in that offense. Yeah, including their uh, passing coordinator, Joe Brady, who is now the offensive coordinator with the Carolina Panthers. Obviously, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, going to be your starting uh, running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, a lot of good players. Um. Missouri's still going to lose to them. <laughs> I don't know a single player that's going to suit up for LSU this year, but they're still going to be good somehow. <laughs> Their new quarterback is Miles Brennan. He was a four-star recruit. Then uh, they bring in the number four recruiting class in uh, the country, including an excellent wide receiver and offensive line class. And producer Cameron will think this is very interesting. They bring in none other than Bo Pelini as the new defensive coordinator. I did not know that. Yes, and they will be moving to a 4-3. Wow, how did I how did I not know that about that? Well, because no one cares about Bo Pelini. <laughs> yeah, I you sure just do. Don't want to think about him, honestly. <laughs> Freaking just chewing that gum on the side. Oh yeah. You miss him, don't you? No. Do you miss his anger, his fire? You miss no. having That's nine and ten win seasons. Sometimes, but what? Do you miss having nine and ten win seasons? I do miss that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what it's like. No, I. I never liked. Bo Pelini when he was coaching Nebraska, I just always thought he looked like a like a big old meanie. The, uh, he was always mad. Yeah, he was never not mad. The faux like Bo Pelini Twitter account is like the greatest thing ever. Yeah, one of the best parody accounts on the the service. Uh, the service of Twitter. The Microsoft service. Is that an ad? Service. Oh. Jeez. The service like. Yeah. Twitter. Like as in Twitter. Okay. Yeah. All right. I've got Missouri losing to LSU. <laughs> No, I've got LSU taking this one, forty-one to twenty-four. Okay, so you like a, a competitive game potentially, maybe down to the end. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I've got them losing. Okay. Missouri, that is. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Vanderbilt. Missouri. Now here's a game. Hey, Missouri plays Vanderbilt on October seventeenth. It will be homecoming. It will be a night game. Vanderbilt is ranked one hundred first. In SP plus, that's not good. That's bad. Yeah, Missouri's like forty fifth or something. Uh, although Vanderbilt was awful last year and beat Missouri twenty one to fourteen. Right after the Tigers had won five in a row, and get this, <laughs> Missouri was ranked twenty second in the nation. Man, I believe they sat atop the SEC East. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that in a sec. Um, and we literally didn't preview. We said, yeah, Vanderbilt preview come on 
Missouri rolls. No, yeah. we did. Basically. Oh, it's our fault. I said I got Missouri by a million. I woke up that morning feeling bad. I remember I specifically, like, I turned on the TV, and I saw that Vanderbilt's backup quarterback was playing. Oh, yeah. And I, no joke, like, was like, I am sick to my stomach. Like, I had a bad feeling. And uh, that was a – we've watched a lot of bad football um, over the last five that years. Was <clears throat> but that was that was truly horrifying. Yeah. getting flashbacks uh Derek Mason is he a good coach probably is he ever going to win at Vanderbilt probably not is he ever going to get fired probably not he's just going to always be on the hot seat every year <laughs> I mean last year Vanderbilt won three games their other two wins besides Missouri were against were over northern Illinois by six and east Tennessee state I literally can't think of like a more like paradoxical like coaching position than Vanderbilt like you're in the SEC but it might also be the worst coaching position in the world <laughs> like you will never no one will ever win there no one will ever be good James Franklin what they went to a bowl game or two okay so they were able to go to a bowl game yeah I don't know I, I would love to know like what Vanderbilt's best season is in their entire history somebody could probably tell us it's not me though okay um yeah that Vanderbilt game last year is just. I, mean, I remember uh, also like watching Derek Mason give this like heroic post game interview, yeah. and I was and, like, we we let him do this to us. Yeah. Like we he just, he is like giving this triumphant speech, and I just sat there and watched it and had a little tear running down my cheek. Vanderbilt loses Keyshawn Vaughn and Kalijah Lipscomb, so they're number one running back and wide receiver. They do not have the same talent replacing them, so their offense should be worse. Their offense was not good last year. Yeah, Keyshawn Vaughn was uh, legitimately a, a really, really good back, and he's in the NFL now. He's playing with uh, Tom Brady yep. in Tampa Bay. They have and 100 running backs in their yes. roster, but he's <laughs> one of them. Yep. Uh, I think Missouri's defense just controls this one. And Missouri wins it by 14 points. Give me Missouri 21 to 7. I agree with you. So the Tigers are now 1 and 3 in both of our uh, projected records. Our simulations. Here. Yes. Uh, all right. October 24th, Missouri goes on the road to play Florida. Florida is going to be excellent this season, in my opinion. Uh, I think Dan, Mel Dan Mullen has got it going in Gainesville. Um, SP Plus likes them a lot. Number seven in the preseason rankings. 12th on offense, sixth on defense. Last year, Missouri did not put mu put up much of a fight. They lost 23-6. to six. And uh, that was mainly due to Felipe Franks not playing and Kyle Trask being the new savior at quarterback for the Florida Gators. He's back this year. Yeah, they they really are like a legitimate threat now that they have a decent quarterback. Felipe Franks was just not getting it done, but he he seems like the kind of guy that like if he he's talented enough that if he figures it out they're going to be good or he's going to be good, but he just never quite put it together. And yeah. now he's at Arkansas. Yeah, so we're probably going to we'll play him again. That. Yeah, we'll get to that. In okay. A second. Well, spoiler yeah. alert. Spoiler alert. We're going to see alert. him again. He's at Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, they have an excellent tight end in Kyle Pitts. 
And uh, LaMichael P. Ryan is now a New York Jet. So they replace him with a guy named Damian Pierce, who's supposed to be really good as well. If he gets uh, into some open field, he can make a guy miss, take it to the house. Um, let's see here. Florida pretty much always has one of the best defensive secondaries in the country. That will not change this upcoming season. Excellent safeties. Good cornerbacks. Going to be hard to really do anything at all when you go up against their defense. Even though Missouri's had good luck um, and shown up in a few big games against Florida over the years recently, I'm just throwing my pen around. Mm-hmm. I think they lose to Florida, thirty-one to fourteen. Yeah, I really don't have any any reason to disagree with that take. Um, maybe Kyle Trask comes back down to earth and struggles this year. Uh, but I still think their defense is going to be too elite that it may not really matter in a lot of their games. I think Kyle Trask is going to be legitimately good this season, as much as I would maybe. Is he going to take that Joe Burrow step, that uh, senior year step? I don't know about that, <laughs> but I think I think they found found their guy last year when he started, mm-hmm. and he, he will improve. And these kind of stories will always like give hope to the backup quarterback crowd that that are always just clamoring for like that guy like okay the your starter's struggling a little bit pull him put it yeah. put him in this other guy um these kind of stories give give credibility to those kind of situations yeah those ideas in the fandom all right so missouri is one and four on both of our books going into a Halloween morning matchup against Kentucky at home. Kentucky ranked 28th in SP plus 40th on offense, 25th on defense. Biggest thing about Kentucky is Lynn Bowden gone. And I always want to call him Bowden, like Bobby Bowden, the coach, former coach of uh, Florida state, but it's Bowden and he's in the NFL. I'm pretty sure he's mm-hmm. uh he actually just got traded to Miami like within mm-hmm. the last week but he was on the Raiders roster but I've been listening to a few like various NFL related podcasts recently and I've heard multiple very well-known po- like podcasts refer to him as Bowden mm. and I just shake my head yeah like we're smarter than these people we know more amateurs. about football than these people uh, absolute amateurs uh he was their entire offense last season mm-hmm. he started at quarterback multiple games he was their leading uh receiver and second on the team in rushing i believe yeah i think he might have started actually at wide receiver or something and then ended up at at quarterback but yeah he was playing quarterback by the time missouri played him yeah and uh yeah it just didn't really matter like he threw the ball probably less than 10 times but yeah that was another awful game to watch didn't matter he just ran all over missouri's defense and run defense is a strength of Missouri but not when you're going up against a running quarterback who you know did just enough to find open space and I don't know for some reason Missouri was just not prepared for that kind of an attack Mm -hmm. and they just didn't know what to do and Missouri wasn't the only team that was victimized by uh, this gentleman last season but he kind of broke out against Missouri and kind of showed that he could just carry yeah. Kentucky it was like, offensively. You know what they're going to do. Yeah. Like, how, how can you let this happen? Right. And, but he's he's really, really talented, but at the same time, 
How do you let this happen? Yeah. He's not going to throw the ball. Yeah, I think we were. Uh, you have an annual Halloween party at your house every year, and I believe this was the the night of that party. And I was probably sitting in my costume, whatever it meant, what it was last year, all sad, <laughs> probably sitting there snacking on something, crying <laughs> into my bowl of chili or something. Like as I watched <laughs> Missouri just get trounced by Lynn Bowden Jr. Yeah. Uh, quarterback this season is going to be Terry Wilson, who, whose injury led to yeah. Lynn Bowden taking over. Um, they also have a transfer quarterback from Auburn named Joey Gatewood, who the uh, Kentucky staff is pretty confident will get a waiver to be able to play, be eligible immediately this season. I think he'll be kind of a change of pace quarterback. I think they'll try to play two quarterbacks at times this season. And uh, Gatewood may, I mean, he'll be really nice to have as a backup in case of injury, but I think they will try to get him on the field and maybe do some kind of wildcat stuff, but with a quarterback that can throw. Um, I think Missouri will be able to run the ball on Kentucky's defense. I think that'll be the weakness of Kentucky's team will be their run defense. And because I need to just for my own sanity, find a win or two more on this schedule. And I think this is Missouri's best opportunity at home against a team that they'll be able to run on with their two really good running backs. I got Missouri winning this one. It'll be a nail biter, low scoring. I think Missouri will be able to control the time of possession, win by like two or three. I'm with you. I think Missouri wins. All right. So uh, back to. Georgia, but it's at home. Georgia at home. Um, Georgia's going to be really good again. They have basically been, I feel like them and Oklahoma are the two teams in college football in the last five years that are every bit as good as anybody else, but just can't get over the hump and win a national championship. They've been close twice. Yeah. Um, last year, Missouri got shut out by Georgia, I believe. And uh, that was depressing. I don't really remember much about that game. Yeah, 27-0 was the final score. I think that we were... That was, that was in that stretch where the offense did nothing for like yeah. a whole month. They literally did nothing against Georgia. Um, one thing I do remember about Georgia's season last year, though, was if we rewind the clock a little bit to early in the season, they lost an uh, overtime game to South Carolina and we were watching that on our phones while we were attending the open basketball practice that uh, was being held in lieu of any kind of Mizzou madness last yeah. year. Yeah, that was that was a fun day. Um, it was they played Ole Miss later that night in football and, and won, and that was when they were atop of the SEC East. But yeah, like you said earlier in the day, they uh, they held like a little open basketball practice, and it was really interesting for the first 30 minutes or so and then we realized the south carolina georgia game was coming down to the wire and like yeah. going to multiple overtime overtimes and we're like watching on our phones like trying to not let our phones die because we had the whole day in front of us right but right i was I, I georgia typically has a really good kicker but i think he missed a game tie what would have been the game tying field goal i think he missed and it was like shocking mm-hmm. and uh south carolina pulled it off yep uh georgia did go on to win the sec east though wasn't Missouri even though they were on top there for about two minutes <laughs> um, but they lost to LSU in the SEC championship 
in a not great, not great game for Georgia. Not super close. Uh, LSU was just dominant though. Uh, they lost DeAndre Swift to the draft, and they lost their um, quarterback Jamie Newman to opting out. Uh, he transferred in from Wake Forest, who was going to be their guy, and he opted out. So that's bad news for Georgia. Good news is they have the number one recruiting class coming in, <laughs> so they will be okay. And uh, SP Plus has them as the number one defense in the country mm, in the preseason. I love the sound of that. I actually think Georgia's more beatable this year than they have been in the last few years. Um, but <laughs> I, I did not say they are going to lose to Missouri. But oh, okay, okay. I do think that uh, the shot may be more likely this year than it has been in, in recent years. That's not really like... I got Georgia by 25. Going out there that much, but... Yeah. I... I I got Georgia, but it'll be a, it'll be a smaller margin than that. All right, we'll see. So uh, Missouri's two and five, two and five coming down the stretch. Remember, this is year zero. We're we're retooling. You know, don't set don't set your expectations too high. All right, let's see if we can close out the season with a win or two. Um, November 21st, we're going at, at South Carolina. South Carolina beat Missouri 34 to 14 last year. No, Missouri beat South Carolina 34 to 14. On the back of uh, Ronnell Perkins. Ronnell Perkins, 100 pick six. Yep. Yes, I was, uh, I probably told the story before, but I had to work that evening and I watched about the first half of the game or so, and Missouri was playing pretty well. I get a text from my wife and it, I, I open the text and it's just a video and I can tell that it's the Missouri game. I'm like, Oh man, something really good must have happened. So I watched the video and she had filmed the television of Ronnell Perkins running back a 100 yard interception for a touchdown. And, uh, I wonder where she learned to film the television. I have no idea where she learned something like some goofy thing <laughs> like that. Uh, yeah. I mean, looking back through Missouri's results from last year, that's one that kind of sticks out. It's like, really? Missouri beat South Carolina mm-hmm. 34 to 14. Missouri scored 34 points. I mean, when you think about how the offense yeah. imploded down the stretch, looking at that box score is kind of like, okay, well, where did Yeah, things look pretty good at that point in the year. That was early on. Um, Kyle, South Carolina has a new offensive coordinator. He's the formerly the head coach at Colorado State, and his name is Mike Bobo. <laughs> I just really wanted to let you know. I've never heard of Mike offensive Bobo, but coordinator Mike Bobo. I like him. Uh, they lose Brian Edwards to the NFL. He was excellent and was a thorn in the side of every team that South Carolina went up against for and several years. A little bit of a sleeper for an NFL guy this year to watch. Like he, for fantasy football? Well, maybe, or just like oh, a just a, like a, a pr- productive player that gotcha. you may not have really under the radar. been anticipating. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, they do bring back Ryan Helinski. He'll be the guy at quarterback, and I think he's pretty good. He's okay. I think he can win them some games. Mm-hmm. But uh, the pieces around him, I don't know. We'll see. I think their offense is going to struggle, but I think their defense will be able to carry him through some games. The defense returned six of the top eight tacklers from last season. I've got South Carolina beating Missouri not by a lot. I think it'll be close. I'm saying maybe like 21 to 17. Got a lot of low-scoring games on that uh yeah. On that schedule of yours, <clears throat> I think Missouri's going to win this game. Um, it's it's deep in the season I, at this point. Like we we don't really know what Missouri's going to look like. This might look completely ludicrous. Yeah. 
uh, at this point. But I think Missouri's going to win this game. I, I, I think that they're kind of on a similar tier uh, as far as their skill level and their recruiting class coming in. So I think it's a completely winnable game. At this point in the season, we'll know everything we need to know about Missouri's offense. You know, they will have been tested, obviously, against the best defenses in the country. And then they will have had chances to show if they can do anything. And if they've shown that they can do something and, you know, kind of right the wrongs of the end of last season, then I could definitely see this being a potential win. But it's hard to predict that right now when, you know, the last thing we've seen from Missouri's offense was literally nothing for half the season. I I think Missouri's defense is going to keep them in a lot of games this year. And uh, it really does kind of probably come down to how good the offense is and how quickly they can learn the scheme and and figure things out. But um, they might surprise a little bit. Well, I hope you're right on that one. Um, next up, we have Arkansas. Um, that is on November 28th. Arkansas, new coach, Sam Pittman. New offensive coordinator, Kendall Bryles. New defensive coordinator, Barry Odom. Ever heard of him? Me, personally, yes, I have. Uh, new quarterback, Felipe Franks. <laughs> same same running back. Just an- Rakeem Boyd. All-star cast of, like, yeah. just characters, man. Yeah, Storyline in every single person you just said. Best defensive player, Bumper Pool. <laughs> that's true. That's true story. I know who that is, yeah. <laughs> that's a real player. You're like, that's true, that's true. Yeah. Like, I know. Yeah, don't <laughs> doubt me. That's a, real, that's a real person. Remember Jeremy Sprinkle? No. He was, like, a tight end that played for Arkansas, like, a few years ago. No, I don't remember the that. The more you know. Yeah. Uh, what's Arkansas going to be able to do in the first season in the, the Pittman no, I think era? They're going to be, they're going to be terrible. Uh, They'll win one. Felipe Frank's change of maybe. scenery. You don't think? No. Okay. <laughs> Kendall Bryles, you know, a little bit controversial hire. I I give him a couple of years and their offense will be better. Actually, Boyd is he's, he's a very good player. He's Ricky def- Boyd is excellent. He's definitely one of the best. He probably should have just gone to the NFL. Yeah, Arkansas not is actually his time with this team next year. Arkansas is going to be undefeated. Actually, I changed my mind. Oh, well, Sam Pittman is uh, has a history of coaching the offensive line. So, if he can coach them up a bit, find some running lanes for Rakeem Boyd, maybe they could do something. I think that's kind of a hilarious hire. Honestly, I I don't think that that's going to work out real great. But Barry Odom, write that down. Might be a great coordinator, defensive cool. coordinator. Old takes exposed is going to be coming for Kyle when Arkansas just trashes Missouri this season. Yeah, don't tell anyone I said that. All right. Don't tell your friends, but just like internalize what I just said and just like be thinking about it, but don't tell anyone. Um, you think Missouri wins this one? Mm-hmm. Wow. So Kyle, that's your that's your fourth win for Missouri. Kind of improving. Kind of scary. Uh, there at the end of the season. Yeah, I've got Missouri winning this one as well. I'm still one win behind you. So I've got him at three and six right now. You're at four and five. Heading into the last game of the season on the road at Mississippi State. And Mike Leach. Yeah. So I had something interesting to tell you about Mike Leach okay. taking over a team. Okay. This is from the good folks over at College Football News great folks uh they have a little bit here about when mike leach took over at washington state so um this is direct from collegefootballnews.com when leach took over washington state in 2012 the team was awful 
but it, but it finished ninth in the nation in passing. It finished fourth in 2013 and was number one in four of the next six years and was second in one of those off seasons and third in the other. Gardner Minshew? Gardner Minshew. Minshew mania. Mm. So Mike Leach going to come in, install his famous air raid, passing attack, put up big numbers. They have a returning quarterback. Oh, geez, Kyle. You I think I would know. That this is, it's a new quarterback this year. I believe Fitz something was their quarterback last year. Yeah. I think we had like a similar conversation about this last year regarding the Mississippi State quarterback. Okay. What's his name? What's the fellow's name? Fitz something was, was the old one. Okay. You he was pretty good. Talking about something else. I'll look it up. Oh, okay. You're putting me in the spot. Uh, have you found it yet? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, Fitz something is gone. Um you still don't know his name yet? No. I don't even know how to look that up. Okay, don't worry about it. Research department? I'm pretty sure it was just Fitzgerald. It's not even that hard. Fitzgerald, Larry Fitzgerald. Okay, I should have. Yes. That. Nick Fitzgerald. Okay, yep, yeah, you're right. He's a free agent in the NFL right now. Okay. If you're interested. He's gone. Mike Leach is going to find his guy. They're going to air it out. And we'll have a much better preview of Mississippi State in December, <laughs> right before they actually play them. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah, we, we don't really know anything about them, obviously, at this time. New players, new coach. I don't know what to tell you, but I know Missouri's going to win. <laughs> The bold, the bold prediction from Kyle. Mm-hmm. They're going to finish the season on a three-game winning streak, folks. No chance. You heard it here. Fo- you heard it here first. No chance. <laughs> oh man, Kyle. Okay, uh, I got him losing to Mississippi State. I got him finishing. What scares you about Mississippi State? I don't know, but I'll find it before we get there. They're going to suck. <laughs> I don't know anything about them, but I can promise you they're going to suck so bad. Kyle's selling all of his Mississippi State stock. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I guess guess we'll find out. I sold you on that, didn't I? No. Okay. I tried. I still have uh, Missouri losing that game. All right. We'll keep that in mind. Okay. I think I've kind of painted a worst-case scenario picture of Missouri. That's a first. Yeah. Hey, good I'm trying job. to be realistic. Good here. job. Thank you. Um, I wish I could say the same for you. <laughs> <laughs> I've got them three and seven after ten SEC games. I've got them beating in reverse order of the schedule: Arkansas, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt. Not much to write home about, but it is what it is. You've got them beating Mississippi State, Arkansas, South Carolina. Kentucky and Vanderbilt. Yeah, that's right. Those are literally all the even close to winnable games on Missouri's schedule. You've got them winning them all. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Does five and five get you to a uh, bowl game? I have no idea what they're going to do for bowl games. I think you need six wins. Whoa. Well, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> all right. That is true. Six God. wins will get you to a bowl game in a normal year. <laughs> Uh, this year, I don't know what will get you in a bowl game if they even have bowl games. Will bowl games exist? Probably not. We don't know. 
internal bowl games, like within the conference. Oh, that'd be that'd be something. No, I I can tell you who does exist, and that's Mike Bobo. Yes, new offensive coordinator of South Carolina, former mm-hmm. head coach of Colorado State. <laughs> All right, Kyle. Um, what's the what's the game that you're looking at? Yeah, okay, so look down the schedule there. What game after that game will we know what what's going on with Missouri this season? Who who is Missouri? We will know after which game. Vanderbilt. Really? Yeah, because we'll see we'll see a little bit of it all after the Vanderbilt game. We'll see what they're like when they're completely overmatched, mm-hmm. Alabama. What they are like against a team that's that, I mean Tennessee's like kind of a coin flip but tennessee's going to be favored yeah vanderbilt kind of a coin flip but missouri's going to be favored lsu somewhere in between tennessee and alabama like uh, closer to alabama in my opinion probably but i i think that those three games in the first three weeks four weeks really give an interesting variety of difficulty tennessee lsu and vanderbilt just forgetting about alabama you're talking about those three yeah and uh I think we'll know a little bit. Uh, we'll obviously know a lot more about what the offense is going to look like. Um, how are they splitting up carries between Larry Roundtree and Tyler Beatty? All that kind of stuff. What the, it, the what does the defense look like? Is it pretty much the same version of last year? Probably. So I think we'll know. I think we'll know quite a bit after those first four weeks. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yep. Uh, what happens if Missouri somehow is not able to be to beat Vanderbilt? and starts the season 0-5, assuming they lose to Florida. Do you think, let's just say they lose to Vanderbilt, it was an upset, played bad, maybe they looked okay against Tennessee and LSU. How would that change? Do you think that the morale would be low enough that things could spiral out of control and only only beat Arkansas? Like, what's what's the low point for this season do you think sure it's lower than three wins oh absolutely yeah i mean i think the floor is seriously like zero or one wins i mean anything can happen um even if they start off oh and five i think they'll still be five and five because that's what i predicted them <laughs> oh okay that makes um, sense. no I, I i really think the ceiling is probably five six wins at the absolute most i don't even know where the sixth one would come from five wins is probably the ceiling five wins is for the sure floor this year. is absolutely zero wins um i don't think that that will happen but it's not like something that's out of the question whatsoever yeah um i think this they have year to get pretty terribly unlucky i think to finish yeah. with zero or yeah one they have win. they have enough talent yeah. on the roster where um they should not finish with a zero or one wins but it's i've seen more surprising things happen honestly and with mizzou football so yeah, between I, between three and five seems like the most logical, mm-hmm. realistic range. Yeah, probably with a much higher. I think I'd put a much higher chance on three versus five, mm-hmm. and then four obviously is in the middle there. And with any possible outcomes with COVID too, you just have no idea. Like if there's going to be a bunch of players missing in one game, yeah. and that goes for either team. So right. maybe yeah, it's impossible, will, to obviously, to try to factor that into any yeah. predictions. This but. will probably be like. This season will just have an asterisk um, at the uh, on it for the rest of eternity because there's going to be things like that happen where, you know, Florida has five of their best defensive starters out and Missouri ends up beating them and then everyone's going to be like, well, who cares? Because yeah. 
Florida had all these guys out, that kind of thing. That That's going to happen. Yeah, it's maybe the best time to be the new head coach because expectos- expectations are going to be just, I mean. It's truly like year zero. Yeah. Yeah. And especially with the quarterback change. I mean, that just adds to it. In a normal season, we'd be looking at this like, well, Drinkwitz has to come in and figure out what he's got on offense and, you know, try to build something from scratch almost. And now with all the weirdness on top of it, nobody's going to really bat an eye if Missouri just has a a completely awful season. And then uh, they'll get a high draft pick. That's how that works, right? Yeah, that's exactly how it works. All right. Well, that's the season preview. Game by game. Now let's do some seven-on-seven drafting. So we're drafting two teams of all Mizzou players, and it is in the style of the video game NFL Street. So all that really means is that your seven guys are going to play offense, and those seven guys are going to be your entire defense as well. So Including your quarterback. Including your quarterback. So versatility goes a long way, and I think we need to decide who is picking first. You are correct. I have a virtual coin, if you'd like to do oh, that. on your computer? Yeah, virtual coin. Yeah. Oh, wow. Perfect. Uh, Kyle, in you the, can call in it. The theme of COVID, um, virtual coin, I will call heads. Flipping. It is tails. Let's go. Oh, that is unbelievable. Okay, I'll take Nick Bolton, please. <laughs> One Nick Bolton on my roster, I hadn't please. really thought about what I was going to do. Easiest decision of my entire life. Yep. Please give me Nick Bolton. So Kyle, you get the next two picks. Hey, great. Um, Keep in mind Nick Bolton off the board because I drafted him number one. Yeah, I'll remember that. Okay. Aren't there four more? <laughs> we wish. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> I'm going to take Daniel Parker Jr. Ooh, interesting pick. He's going to play on the, on the line, D-line and O-line. Do some pass catching. Pa- potentially. Do some run blocking. Do some interesting little little routes. Yeah. Uh, Nick Bolton on offense for me is going to be used on the offensive line, but uh, we're going to get creative with it. You know, we might pull him, lead block for my yet-to-be-announced running back. We'll get creative with it. That sounds good. Um, I'm going to pick Larry Roundtree because – He's going to play a running back, but he's also going to play linebacker. I wouldn't mind seeing that in real life, honestly. That would be pretty sick. He's kind of built like a linebacker. Yeah. Well, even though I don't think you would dip right back into the running back position, the talent that's sitting there, if it were me already having Larry Roundtree, I would be tempted to just go ahead and snatch up Tyler Beatty and be really unfair if he was still sitting there. So I need to go ahead and secure my running back, and that will be Tyler Beatty. Also, that comes with some flexibility. Uh, you can split him out wide. He's super athletic and can – I'll put him out in coverage, maybe a safety spot. So I've got Nick Bolton and Tyler Beatty. I have another pick here. Let me update my list. Um, that's that Daniel Parker Jr. pick very good on your part, I must say. 
I am going to... I'm going to grab Damon Hazelton and uh, get my wide receiver. I think uh, by the end of the season, he will have separated himself from the rest of the wide receivers, and I think he'll be a nice target for whoever ends up throwing the ball in real life and on this 7-on-7 team. And, of course, he will be a fine defensive back for me as well. Hmm. All right. I'm going to take a stab at Jarvis Ware. He's going to play cornerback and wide receiver. I think Jarvis Ware is one of the most talented players on Missouri's squad this year, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do. We got another pick. Mm-hmm. And I need another wide receiver, a quarterback, and two linemen. I am going to snatch up Kobe Whiteside before you do, yeah, and great he's going to play on the line. I think I had him lined up to be my next pick. I figured you might have. Okay. Let's see here. I think I might have to get creative here. Man. Me me having if you'd have allowed me to somehow draft Kobe Whiteside, that would have been game over for you, I think. Yeah. But under the circumstances. I think I'm gonna go grab Tyree Gillespie. Okay. Good pick. And he is playing what position? Uh, he'll be he'll be playing a wide receiver and uh, kind of a safety linebacker hybrid for me. Okay. Yeah, and you know, in different formations, of course, you know, switch things up. <laughs> Can't be too predictable. And then, man, this is tough. This is tough. I think I'm gonna go ahead and get Sean Robinson. Mm, got your quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I know I've been kind of down on Sean Robinson, at least uh, for his real-life prospects for the Missouri Tigers, but I think in this 7-on-7 seven seven format, playing both sides of the ball, need any bit of extra athleticism I can get. As much as I love Connor Bazelak as a quarterback. He's a liability on defense. Yeah. The mobility after his injury. It shows you know, Sean Robinson probably, but less so than Connor Bazelak. Yeah. And I think maybe I can just cover up Sean Robinson by sticking him next to Nick Bolton. and uh, Kind of doing two linebackers. Yeah. And maybe I'll have him, I don't know, have him kind of spy your quarterback or something. I don't know. Okay. My turn then. Yep. I'm going to pick Kiki Chisholm. And he's going to play wide receiver and cornerback. Um, so that means I need one more lineman and a quarterback. And I'm going to pick Trey Williams. And he's going to be on the line. I'm waiting till the end on quarterback because you already have one. Yeah. And there's not really like 
a quarterback on the roster that stands out as a true as a i don't know sure like a game winner as like a yeah like a drew lock style just gonna be the yeah and even even when drew lock was a quarterback we didn't really pick him did we because he's gonna have to play defense right <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was maybe a mistake probably he's turned out to be a great linebacker yeah uh okay i'm gonna have to yes producer cameron never mind it's oh, okay. not worth it okay <laughs> I'm really struggling here about who I want on my line. You still have two linemen left or just one? Uh, I think I need to go ahead and get two. I could get creative, though, and have Nick Bolton. No, I just need a – yeah, I'm going to have to get two bigger guys for up front. And one of them is going to be Case Cook. He is, I think, the best offensive lineman uh, on the roster. And I think he's going to lead the way for Tyler Beatty. And I think he's just, you know, he is good enough to make some kind of impact as a defensive lineman. Okay. In the 7-on-7. Seven seven. Best hair on the team, too? Oh, yeah. And then I'm actually finishing off my roster here. And I think I need another defensive lineman, like a more traditional defensive lineman. And we kind of glossed over this guy in our uh, player previews, but we've been hearing good things from the coaching staff about Markel Utzi. Mm. I was, it came down between Mark, Markel Utzi and Trey Williams for me, so I like the pick. So my squad's complete. You got your last pick left. All right, this is a uh, an old school trick I'm I'm about to bring about, and you might know what I'm uh, what I'm about to do. I'm already writing it down. But I'm picking Micah Wilson, even though he's not even a quarterback anymore on the roster officially. But he's going to play quarterback for me and my seven on seven team. That's tricky. I don't know that in if we're really if we're really playing this game of seven on seven, it's it might be a little sloppy it's it's not as like buttoned up as like a no. normal college football game and so i'm, I'm not sure i need people my quarterback like, people do like wall runs wall and like runs. put the ball between their legs yeah and like i'm not sure I, I need my quarterback to draw back and just really like go through the progressions and, right. and read the defense i no. just need an athletic guy who can who's got an arm it makes perfect sense i mean that was my argument uh last season i think when I picked him, we, I think Micah Wilson's been picked in this draft for like four years, three or years running. <laughs> However long this podcast has existed, we yeah. I think he's been picked. Uh, it just makes a lot of sense for that format. I mean, yeah. basically, what you're committing to, I think, on offense is our uh, um, what's it called when you're when you uh, okay misdirection is what I'm looking okay. for misdirection right. run game uh, <laughs> where you you know you never know. You're running the option. Are you handing it off? You know, read option with Larry Roundtree, Michael Wilson, mm-hmm. uh, RPO. Yeah, he could even run the ball a little endless, bit. Endless, endless mm-hmm. possibilities. And I think he could be a decent linebacker safety maybe, probably better than Bazelak. So we'll see what he can do on defense. Okay. Yeah, I got to be honest. Your team looks pretty good, but you don't have Nick Bolton. <laughs> so I think I can win the hearts and minds of the uh, That's of the voters. Of the good friends and fellow Mizzou fans out there. That's certainly a good point. So um, I think I was a little late on this last year, but I like made a little graphic, even though I'm not the resident graphic designer. You are not. That kind of showed 
the players in their positions mm-hmm. uh off it was great then it's really great so maybe i'll get with the actual graphic designer and we'll come up with something similar yeah we need everybody on twitter to vote for that and then we can put that out there so everybody can visualize you know where everybody's playing on the field mm-hmm. i think it helps really understand which team's better for sure when you see nick bolton out there <laughs> yeah everyone's gonna see micah wilson and be like who's that <laughs> seriously uh, like the fifth string wide receiver no he's kyle's wildcat quarterback yeah i remember i actually like you tweeted a i, I tweeted a gif of michael wilson like running for a touchdown against yukon on yeah. a quarterback keeper and then you tweeted a gif of terry beckner jr like shrugging or something like like who cares yeah you, you had, we were on point with those gifts that yeah year. you had terry beckner on your team i think the, the folks uh liked your team a little bit better than mine but i think i've got it this year all right all right well that was a long episode but we still uh we're just barely over an hour barely over like four hours yep jammed a lot in there seven on seven draft 106 apparel.co kyle why don't you tell the folks where they can find our voices and faces hey everyone i know you're already listening to this podcast but you can find us on spotify shoot i was supposed to say this earlier in the podcast now is a great time to start listening and I know you're already listening, but for your dad, your uncle, your nephew, who every year they say, eh, I just don't really know the players that well. I don't, you know, I'm not really into the team. They haven't been good. You say, oh, I got just the thing. Listen to this podcast. They go over the players, the schedule. You know, that's all you need. <laughs> and <laughs> we'll recap the games. Yes. We'll, we'll talk about the games. And we'll be, we'll have everybody ready going into the season. And then, uh, yeah, we'll be here every week after the games are played. So, yeah, tell your family, your friends that... You know, tell are, your weird uncle. Yeah, those borderline Mizzou fans, you know, tell them, you want to be here now. Mm-hmm. You want to start drinking up before <laughs> the general public. That's true. So you can know what's going on. Yeah. You don't actually have an Uncle Sam. Isn't that interesting? You do. Yeah, I really do. Oh, I mean, so does every United States citizen. I so know. Isn't that amazing? You're not special. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to tell Sam you said that. <laughs> All right, everybody. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or on Twitter and Instagram at Mizzou Sports Pod. And you can email us at Missouri Sports Pod at gmail.com. And we're on YouTube. And check out 106pro.co. Link in description. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week.